Welcome, my friends, to the podcast that never ends, where we gather our clan and talk about peace and love in our lives, the difficulties along the journey, and how we rise up. We will experience a little thing I call cluberty together, find our sweet spot, and planting our seeds to watch them grow in our magic garden. I'm Uncle Dave, and our transformation starts right here. Hey now, and how are you doing? Welcome to another episode of Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat. Today we're going to have Dr. Ron Rudin, the father of Havening. Some of you might not know about Havening, but we're definitely going to get a real good introduction from Ron today, as well as if you'd like to join their conference. They're having a conference on June 11th and 12th, a worldwide, it's online, and it's an amazing technique. So, Ron, thank you so much for coming on and talking about Havening and being part of this podcast. Happy to be here, David. Yeah. It, it, as you know, I, I really am very passionate about ha- the Havening techniques and use it myself uh, for myself as well as with clients. Now, this, we're going almost into the second decade, uh, really, of, of Havening. I know you created you know, you've been working your whole life towards helping people. You're a doctor. You're, you've been a doctor. You're a Harvard, Harvard graduated uh, doctor. And um, how, how did Haven come to you? Well, it was a result of uh, being unable to treat some of my patients. Uh, we saw things which made no sense from a clinical point of view. And we began to think that maybe, possibly, that these things were encoded in the mind. You know, when you say to someone, this is all in your head, they get, they get very defensive. But in fact, many, many things are in our head. And we have found a way of uh, going in there and specifically targeting a singular neuron out of the 100 billion neurons in the, in the brain. We can target a singular neuron which captures that trauma or those events which lead to a maladaptive response and, and abnormal behaviors and, and physical symptoms. Yeah, uh, that's been the, the biggest trick for me. And once you release those neurons, you're able to live a different life. You really become a different person, you know, not physically, but mentally, and the outcomes become so much more stronger. Correct. And so it's, it's, uh, the goal here was to, how to uh, find out how do we isolate and identify uh, that, that particular neuron in the brain. And then even when we find it, what possible mechanism can we use uh, to uh, help that neuron heal? And that's what we've been looking at over the last two decades. Yeah. Can, can you believe it's two decades already? I mean, I know of it only for the past decade. I, 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 my brain hurts. Let me put it that way. <laughs> I can only imagine that. Um, but how did you create? So you, you obviously were using it from your practice, from your regular practice and seeing how you were able to help uh, people. But how were you able to identify and know that it's a touch, it's a sensory uh, technique. How, how were you able to figure that part out? Well, this came from uh, the work done by uh, Roger Callahan and and uh, uh, Dr. Dawson and um, uh, on EFT and TFT and EMDR, which uses sensory input to uh, treat um, uh, problems which are both emotional, physical, uh, somatic, and the like. So. 
as a Western sort of doctor, I began to think about what possible mechanism could occur in the brain that would explain the, the outcomes of these types of uh, therapies. And that's when I began the journey. Yeah, and what a journey it's been. Huh? <laughs> it, it's really amazing to me that we are worldwide. We have an extraordinary community of, of practitioners uh, we have over 500 certified practitioners worldwide from New Zealand to Alaska, from uh, um, Paris to Los Angeles. I mean, it, it's truly amazing. And it, there's such an extraordinary group of people who are doing this as well. Yeah, it's an amazing group. I mean, uh, at, at one point, I, 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 I believed that the community is really such a helping community and most of those people are. Most of those people will give and give and give. And that's the amazing part. Uh, not everybody's out for themselves, but the, the giving through your community is really so powerful. Well, that's the way I approached it, that we would have a community because we're, we're, we're much smarter when put together than we are apart. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Uh, yeah, you put together some smart guys in the room and everything always raises up. Have you been surprised at uh, anything where it's gone? I am every day stunned by what we can do. This past week, uh, I, I had the idea that maybe I could cure uh, a disease called plantar fasciitis. I don't know if you know what that is, but it's a, it's a painful uh, mm -hmm. uh, syndrome of uh, pain in the heel on first arising and putting pressure on it. And the, the disease made no sense to me. It, 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 there was no, often no trauma. There was nothing that could have caused it, but there it was. And so I made the decision that let's see if we can try havening to cure this. And, and, and then there I sit like a little spider on my web. Uh, waiting for a patient to walk in uh, with this problem so I can apply the havening techniques on this individual. And sure enough, someone walked in and, oh, joy, oh, joy, she had plantar fasciitis in both feet. <laughs> so five minutes later, I, we using these techniques, the, the pain was no longer present. Five minutes. Wow, that's incredible. And, 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 and she had this for months. Yeah, as somebody who's periodically experienced uh, pain from plantar fasciitis, I'm I'm amazed. Uh, I, I had never heard that we've we've used that for that particular. Uh, yeah, this came when when I I had uh, one of my colleagues uh, had complained of a something called a frozen shoulder. Mm -hmm. It's when that shoulder gets very painful to move, and uh, and there's no reason for it. It's otherwise known as adhesive capsulitis, and but they never really find anything. So again, when you have nothing you can see or touch or explain the 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 symptoms on, consider that this is encoded in your mind. Yeah, wow, that's incredible. I I had never thought of that uh, with with my foot. It's a it's my right foot, <laughs> and uh, you know it, it it comes as goes it goes as quickly as. Uh, as anything else, and uh, wow, all right. So, so how would I treat myself? So, I'm I'm a certified practitioner of havening. So, what what would be something that you would advise me to look into? Simply, it's very simple. You um, focus on the pain in your heel, mm -hmm. and you chant the word uh, "pain and heel" while you do self havening until the emotional component of that pain and heel is gone, and then you imagine walking that pain down the foot to the toes and having smoke come out of the toes 
as all the pain leaves your foot. I know this sounds so wacky. I'm, I'm aware of how wacky this sounds. And, and you do it until there's no more smoke, and then you get up and walk away, and, and the pain is gone. Yeah, no, that's a, 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 and I would have also, six. so I'm, I'm in your community six years, and when you started really rolling it out and, and growing the business, I, six years ago, if you would have told me just to rub your hands and, and face or your arms and you'll feel better, I would have told you a lot of different things. Healing wasn't going to be one of those. Uh, I now believe, I mean, I, more and more do I realize, that, and self-havening is one of the things that I push out when I talk to clients because that way it empowers them. Uh, that they don't Correct. have to. They don't have to rely on, on me. You know, you want to rely because I'm. A, I'm also not a doctor, so I make sure I stay in my lane on, on what I I do and what I can't do. But uh, somebody like yourself has that little bit more breadth of what you're able to do. But plantar fasciitis, I never thought of. I'm going to have to look into that now. And and frozen shoulder as well. And I suspect low back pain, radiculopathies, um, TMJ, all these things which. Are, are, are unclear of why we have them, may, be fact, may in fact be related to something that's going on in the mind. Yeah, no, I, especially TMJ. Once you mentioned TMJ, I, I thought of some people that I can talk to because it, it is. It's either the clenching of our jaws because we're tense, and it's from the tension. And if you can relieve, relieve the tension, guess what? It becomes a brand new world, right? Absolutely. Peace, love, and bring a bat. What brings you peace and, and, and love? What, 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 what's some of the things that bring you that? Well, uh, what happens when you have an overactive mind, you're never at peace, really. You know, you know you're, you're, you're always thinking. And, and as a physician, you're also always faced with very complicated and, and sometimes very unfortunate circumstances. So you are, you're always under a little bit of stress to try to solve a problem. And the things that give me peace, to be honest with you, are trying to tackle those problems they, because they act as a distraction from my own, my own <laughs> real world issues. And they, they, they put me in a different world. And I'm grateful, <coughs> excuse me, I'm grateful to the computer and, and the ability to access all the world's literature uh, through this, my computer uh, and basically explore ways of helping people heal. So if I, I had to say what gives me peace and love is, so, is basically solving problems. I'm a problem solver. That's, yeah, that's yeah. I, I've always said to you, and I, with all respect, you're that scientist at, at, the, at the lab who enjoys, who really their passion and their love is really digging to fi- find out the solutions or finding the new ways to, to look at it. I mean, again, even when we started talking about plantar fasciitis, um, you know, many, many people might not have looked at that, but you did. You know, right. The, the idea here is that it's about exploration. Mm-hmm. You know, how exciting is it in life to explore new worlds? Or, you know, it's, it's, it's how Star Trek starts. <laughs> Go where no person that no one has gone before. No, exactly. That, that's exactly what we have to do. And, and that's one of our goals is to keep our mind active as long as possible and to continue to keep growing and expanding. Right, exactly. And, and uh, I have the background. It, it's interesting. You have to think about what chutzpah you have to have to try to solve the problem of finding one neuron out of a, a hundred billion neurons and then being able to cure it. I mean, that, that takes a lot of, you know, self, um, 
self-encouragement and, and self-belief that you can actually do something like this. Yeah, no, it's incredible. I mean, I've walked over to people, uh, you know, who I didn't know and said, give me five or 10 minutes. I said, I won't clear the complete pieces of that, but let's see what we could do. I mean, I was, you know, with my wife in Cuba and somebody was talking about how their father was very tied to the revolution, uh, you know, back in the sixties. And she was still, you know, generationally dealing with some of the anger around the revolution. And I said, during one of our tour breaks, give me a couple of minutes and she, by the end of the tour, after doing one or two quick sessions, she was like, what are you doing? It, it, what? I go, I didn't do anything. And, and because I don't touch my clients, I, I teach them through self-havening in my direction. She was like, I go, you did it all. I, I go, I'm just here. I'm just here for the ride. <laughs> and and she felt better. Yeah, she was incredible. You know, and uh, we lost touch, but at the beginning, I, I had spoken to her. She was like, yeah, no, I feel so much better now when I talk about my dad or the revolution because she's a tour guide, so she needed to speak about it as the tours were still open at that time. So, yeah, so, it's amazing how your life could be different. Yeah, just try to avoid taking them out of the line in the grocery store and taking <laughs> them into the cantaloupe aisle and havening them. People will think... <laughs> you know, poor poor Governor Cuomo. He, you know, he, he, people may consider doing self, you know, doing havening in the in the grocery store to be a little odd. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Uh, well, especially at this point, uh, any sort of extraordinary touch, <laughs> people are going to start looking at you and being a little odd. Yeah, I, I, but I, you know, as a physician, it's odd if I don't touch a patient. <laughs> right, you, you're, you're normal. And, and because you're licensed, I mean, that's where the difference is. I mean, obviously, appropriate touching and things like that. So the, the value is amazing that it's, you could do it both if it's directed or if you touch your client as well. That's the magical part. Yeah, the the idea. It all began with me being able to touch the client. You know, I, I never I never believed initially that we could do self touch because self touch is a different sort of touch. It's uh, it's like tickling yourself. If I tickle you, you may find it either annoying or funny. But if you tickle yourself, it doesn't have any impact, pretty much. And so I never thought that this would work. And then I, I said, you know what? This patient does not want to be touched. I, I, I had a client who did not want to be touched by me, and that's fine. Uh, always listen to where the client wants to go. And so I said, well, let me teach you how to do it and see where if it works. And sure enough, it was almost, to the best of my knowledge, it's equally as effective. And it's, it's due to the, the, the physiology of, of what happens when you touch somebody. It, or you touch yourself, uh, it, it produces a um, stimulus in the brain, which produces a change agent in the brain uh, called the delta wave. It's like one of the brain waves, alpha, gamma, beta, theta, and then delta. I'm working now, interestingly enough, with uh, uh, something called slow oscillations, which is really very interesting. It's uh, when you when you uh, look at havening, uh, we do two things. We can remove a trauma, uh, an event, but we can also put stuff in. And those things are called like what we call outcome havening. We change the outcome of an event or role havening where we, we change how someone perceives another person 
or, or um, transpirational havening where we get rid of an emotional state. And so they, they work by different mechanisms. We, we, I initially thought they worked by the same mechanism, but now I know that they work by different mechanisms. And, and it's really fascinating. Yeah, that, that's, that's incredible that, that, that you, you found that there's different mechanisms. So what type of mechanisms? I, because this is something that I, I had not known about that. I, I know all the different types that you had explained, but not the different mechanisms. Well, the, uh, they're in the simplest form of what we call event havening. It's where you bring up an event to mind and apply either self-apply or apply havening touch. That generates something called a delta wave in the brain, which is the only other time we get delta waves is when we're sleeping during slow wave sleep. And this interacts with that particular neuron, which has become activated by bringing up the trauma. And by doing so, we interact with that uh, neuron and remove receptors from the surface of that neuron so that when we, when we think about the event in the future, it no longer produces an emotional response. So the, we, de- we literally delink the, the cognitive component from the emotional component, and it no longer produces what we call a maladaptive response in the body. Depotentiation. <laughs> exactly. We depotentiate. Depotentiate means to remove from the surface of the cell a receptor. Yep. I, 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 I remember that word and I always use it because it sounds really fancy. <laughs> so uh, no, it's, it's, a, it's, it's the havening is really the first uh, therapeutic intervention where we really know the science pretty much down to the atomic level. Yeah, that's incredible. And, and, you know, the science is, is what sold me. Uh, because when I first walked into Bill Soul's office, and Bill, who I call, is the Pied Piper of uh, at least the early stages of havening. Uh, he had brought in so many different havening people uh, here on Long Island, and then also Kate Truitt, uh, Dr. Kate Truitt, who uh, we'll be interviewing as part of this uh, series. And, you know, I'm like just thinking of touching my, you know, like rubbing my arms or my hands. I'm like, what is he doing? But I was in so much pain at that point. I didn't know uh, I was willing to try anything. And that's why when I, when people come to sit with me and say, I've tried everything, I go, have you tried havening? What are you talking about? I go, then you haven't tried everything. And, you know, 90% of the time people go, Oh, this is different. I'm like, yes, give it a shot. Yes, the what we the difference is that in the traditional therapies, such as psychotherapy, where we use talk, or psychopharmacology, where we use uh, medications or drugs, here we use the electrical system of the brain to try to help and cure. And we uh, we're doing it as a, in a process which is probably the most important word in neuroscience of the 20th century. And that word is neuroplasticity. That means we can actually intervene and change the way neurons function now. We know this works. Yeah, it's, it's, it's that rewiring. What I'll, as a layman, I, I would call it, you know, rewiring the brain, but it's, it's training the brain to adapt to and to overcome the, the challenges that we've come before. And it, and it makes it much more acceptable here. We're not fixing something that's broken. What we're really doing is rewiring the pathways so that the illness no longer is present. 
That's awesome. Uh, I mean, I, again, as somebody who's experienced it, I mean, I've experienced it, you know, so going through my journey that I'll talk about at the conference is, you know, was damaged by a lot of different things through life. And then, uh, you know, when I came to the part that I couldn't fix, I came to you uh, uh, basically a year and a half ago and was able to kind of kick me over the rest uh, the rest of the way. <laughs> Back to the, over the goal line. That's it. You know, I mean, that's why when I say uh, 2020 was a good year for me, I was not only able to clear things, and uh, when I jumped in the water as a polar bear, I really took that leap of faith to make 2020 the, the better year for me, and, and it was. And what's also very wonderful about havening is that it's very hard to do harm with this. <laughs> right. Well, it, it, it takes a very special group of people who to cause harm uh, using havening, and uh, I agree. Most of the people would not be looking for harm, and uh, well, sometimes you know the the road to hell is often strewn with good intentions. Oh, it's always yeah, that's exactly it. And when you're able to see that from everybody else's point of view, that they're looking at it from their best intentions, it's okay. You know, because we're all seeing things through different filters. And one of the things I talk about is the love filter. If you could put everything through a love filter, guess what? It, it, it all works out a little bit differently. And I, 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 I agree. I agree. Yeah. I mean, that's why, I, you know, uh, I fully embrace the, the part, and I spoke about it in my TEDx talk about havening, the power of havening. And that, that was one of the reasons why uh, I was honored when I was asked to be uh, part of the conference because to, to – Speak as a as a layman to and, and as a pr- practitioner, a certified practitioner. But really, what the journey and the power is. It's not only if you're a therapist, you could be how powerful it is. You need to talk about it because it's another modality that the world needs to hear about how to heal yourself and to change yourself. You could be the change that changes the world. Right, and you change one person, and the ripple effect across many many other people also occurs. You know, it's just not affecting one person in the end. It it affects everyone they touch as well. Yep. Well, that's it. Uh, You know, it really is that butterfly effect that that, that one person, you, if you affect one person and that person affects one person, it starts building that beautiful, you know, like the brain neurons, right? It it starts expanding and growing and you never know where it's going to, you know, where love takes you. Correct. I, you, I, I, you know, using a bat, I, I very rarely, I can't remember that any time I would use a bat uh, to do this. So, you know, I'm much more of a solve the problem as opposed to beat the problem. Yeah. And, and bring a bat is not about the violence. It, it, it's actually about what are your non-negotiables and the non-negotiables or what are the things that you need to take a stand on? Where, where, where's the important parts of your life that you need to do? So what would be a time that, that you would say is an important thing in your life? Well, you know, I think the, above all, I think the most only thing that you really need to do, and I, and I thank uh, my, my uh, friend Bill Shakespeare uh, for saying it. He says, he says, this, this, above all, to thine own self be true, and it must follow like the night the day that thou canst not be false to any man. <laughs> this, is, this is the most important thing for yourself as an individual, to be true to yourself. 
Sometimes you would say that uh, it depends on the filter you look through through yourself. And and, and I think that's exactly the point of havening. If you can make it so that the filters are with love and openness and acceptance because you've you've removed the uh, traumas in your life, then you can find a pathway which can be true to yourself. Yeah, no, I, we, we always talk about being most, the most authentic self. That's why even in one of my logos for this uh, podcast, it's I'm Uncle Dave. Uh, because that's really who I've always been. I'm always, uh, as you know, in your community, I, I've always been the, one of the first people to raise my hand and be the helper. Now, I, I'm not a, you know, uh, th- though I am a parent, uh, it's much easier being, as you know, being an uncle, uh, you know, you don't have to. You can, you can feed them up with sugar and then go back home to <laughs> either their parents. Well, you do that once too many times. You're not going to get invited back. I'll be <laughs> but you know, it, it's it's sometimes easier to be an uncle than an uncle or an aunt to than to be a parent. I mean, the parent is that bring a bad piece in that, again, not in a violent way, but you have to make those rules. Well, being a parent is one of the great challenges of. Uh, of life, and uh, if you're lucky, you, you uh, if you're lucky as a kid, you have two sane parents. Uh, then you have a leg up in the world. Yep. No, I I definitely understand that, and uh, those are the challenges because those are the filters you see through it. Uh, I was just talking to uh, actually our mutual friend Carol Knack yesterday, and she in preparation for the podcast, she was like, you know, I finally realized that I could forgive my parents that they tried to do as as good as they could because they were very domineering, uh, loving and, and everything. But it's, it's those filters that once you can see the filters differently, life changes. And that was a huge release for her. Yeah. Did you achieve that through havening or how, or she found it herself? Uh, through, through, through havening and uh, just a little bit of, of a discussion that we had. Uh, so it was just a, a magical piece that she was like, you know, I hadn't thought about it. You know, you, you just sometimes you need to take that time to slow down your brain to think quicker is how I explain it. I, I think that's true. And, and when, when we give our conferences, I tell people, try not to necessarily, there may be stuff that you can't follow immediately. Try not to get stuck in a location if you can't understand it. Just go with the flow and, and, and it will all become clear as time goes on. Sometimes you can get lost in trying to understand the details and then everything gets bungled up in, in the way we understand stuff. Yeah, sometimes we're our own worst enemy in that we think we know where uh, the, the trauma is, but it really is, is hidden in something different or, or one of the other features uh, of that event that we might not have realized. Yes. That, in fact, it's so fascinating uh, because often trauma is layered upon trauma and you start peeling back the stuff. You know, we, <laughs> we've treated trauma from children who, uh, who I've seen have had trauma in their in utero. Sure. And so how do you even begin to approach trauma that occurs to you when you're in utero? And so we've solved these problems. It's really quite extraordinary. Yeah, I can't imagine, but I, I I've, worked with somebody who, who says that they experienced trauma uh, through it. You know, they, they weren't sure, and uh, we went as far back as they felt it. And, and isn't that part of the trick also? And not trick, isn't that part of the idea that where the person sometimes feels the, the 
damages or the where things went a little off why i it's extraordinary the uh we i've done uh in utero havenings where people have and these are adults uh where the their their reaction is so physiologic their whole body heats up um and then we find a way to get rid of it i mean but it's sometimes just what we call a felt sense Mm-hmm. That is to say, it's a multi-layered, multi-emotional sense of of an event, but without a narrative. Yeah, I, I mean, there's lots of articles about epigenetics and how the traumas go get passed down from Holocaust or any of the genocides that, that happen around the world. How that trauma keep, continues, right? It's that continuing behavior because it is passed through. Yeah, and we can approach these things. The, 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 to use the brain's imagination, the mind's imagination to help heal is, is one of the things which I think havening does better than anybody. Is because we use our, our own, what we call working memory, uh, to bring back events. And once those events are brought back, then they become treatable. And, and it's using our own mind as the healing, healing agent as well. Now, uh, this all came back because you actually published a book, you know, the past is always present, right? You know, when the past is always present. So it always is in our mind, even if we don't think about it and, and we react because it's part of that, that amygdala, you know, fight or flight response system. But that's, that's why we can fix it. It's, it's the, the past is always present. The past is always stored in our mind. And so it doesn't go away. And that's why we can treat it, because if it went away and only left the, the re- residual effects, we couldn't do anything about it. But the past is always present. Yep. And, and one of the things that you always want to do is always be present, but in a, in a healthy present, not worrying about past traumas that have caused you to see through those different filters. Yeah, I, the way I, I, I metaphoricalize it is that you're sitting in a car and the entire windshield is the rearview mirror. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> yeah, that's a great way to look at it. And uh, our goal is to shrink that um, mirror down to uh, you know the appropriate size. That that's a great metaphor. I'm gonna have to use that. I'm gonna steal that <laughs> uh, because, because it, it is true. If you're driving with the rearview mirror always, in, you're never gonna see what's in front of you, and you're never gonna uh, appreciate where you are right now. Where are you going? Yep. Yeah, where are you going in the future? Okay, I've, I've used a lot of your time, and I, I always appreciate everything. Is there a message that you want to you know, share with, with, with the audience? I guess the message would be that uh, if you're struggling with issues um, and you've tried a variety of technologies and techniques or medications and it's not helping, um, look up Havening. Look up Havening. Go on Havening.org, and there's a lot of information there. And if you find that you think it may be helpful, there are practitioners. We do it by Zoom. Uh, and uh, there are things which we can help people heal. Yeah, I mean, healing is in our hands, right? Uh, that's the magic part is in our hands when we put our hand, mind, body, and soul together. Exactly right. All right. So thank you so much for your time. I always appreciate hearing from you. And I'm actually going to work on my plants. I, I, I'm not dealing with it now, but I'm going to, prepare because i know we can the future outcome is i don't want to have any experience with my plantar fasciitis so i'm going to actually deal with that 
Well, I think that'll be interesting to see. The problem is we won't know if it works if you never get it again. <laughs> right, I mean, that, that is I'll true. Take, I'll take credit for it anyway. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, so nice speaking with you. Okay, thanks so much, Ron. I, I appreciate it. I can't wait. And again, you know, I'm going to push this out uh, in probably in May to as a push for the annual conference on June 11th and 12th that I'll be speaking at as well. Uh, I think it's a... 36 hours of 36 speakers, so somewhere I'll fit in, hopefully not at like 3 o'clock in the morning uh, Eastern, but if it is, we'll, we'll figure it out and make it happen. But it'll all, it'll all be recorded anyway, so we'll see you. We can see you on uh, any time when we need to. Yep, that's great. And I, and I know Dr. Amen is also you, 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 one of the speakers is going to be Dr. Amen. Uh, and and uh, Gabor Mate on uh, addiction and and... A couple, and uh, most of the rest are practitioners who have specialties in, in childbirth and healing and in all sorts of stuff. Yeah, that that sounds awesome. I didn't know Gabor Mate is going to be there as well. So that you know, it's definitely worth the price of ticket just to ha- hear some of those speakers doc, yourself and, and your brother. Uh, so I don't I don't want to forget about that. I've spoken to Steve recently. I was like, well, I, I had the call with with Ron and would you say anything different? He goes, no, he goes, Ron's the guy. <laughs> so thank you for your time. And uh, I appreciate it. My pleasure. Take care of yourself. Uh, you as well. I am really glad that you're enjoying the show. And I hope you follow us on all the podcast hosting sites, as well as Facebook, peace, love, and bring a bat. Or you can follow me, uncle Dave, David Chemetsky at Facebook, Instagram, Clubhouse, and www.davidschemetsky.com. I also would enjoy for you to contact me if you want to just have some feedback. You need somebody to talk to at peacelovebringabat at gmail.com. Well, my friends, today's journey has come to a close. I hope the seeds of peace and love continue to grow for each one of you. Remember the peace and love surrounds you that will assist you to rise again. And don't forget to bring a bat for what you believe in. Namaste.